This is Miller's Edge on Tide With Christian Miller, two-time national champion and team captain for the Alabama Crimson Tide and former Carolina Panther and his father, Corey Miller, the pastor of pain, a nine-year NFL veteran with the New York Giants and University of South Carolina Hall of Famer, this is the Miller's Edge. WTBC, the home of Alabama Crimson Tide Sports. Hope you're doing well. A lot to get into on the show today. Plus, take your phone calls, 205-3904. Don't forget to download that Tide 100.9 app. Listen to us wherever you are, wherever you're going. Ask questions on that app, and you can listen to all of our shows. Some of you may be on vacation, maybe traveling. You don't have to miss any show, especially right here at the Miller's Edge, as we get you ready to take on uh, the Alabama to take on this big game on Saturday, 6.45 Central Time, 7.45 here on the East Coast, or Eastern Time, I should say, uh, in Columbia, South Carolina. It's going to be a great ball game. I believe it's winner take all. In my opinion, I think the winner wins the West. We talked about how the West will be won. We'll get into more of that conversation, breaking down uh, this game, position grouping, what Alabama needs to do to secure a victory uh, at home against LSU. You can call it payback. You can call it just, say, trying to reach those goals uh, that you set before the season to get to Atlanta. You can call it what you want. I call it, it's what football's all about. Big games at home, at night, a chance to get to Atlanta to win an SEC championship, a chance to get to the college football playoffs. And by the way, tonight, the first reveal of the college football playoffs will happen tonight. Where will the tide be? I'll give you, and Christian will talk about as well, what we think and where we think Alabama will be in the first reveal of the college football playoff rankings. That's coming on uh, tonight. And uh, I'm sure everybody around the country will be watching very closely to see uh, how that unfolds. Also, <laughs> right here in my backyard, it never fails. I can't wait for Thursday to get on TV here in Greenville, right next to Clemson, to talk about one Dabo Swinney. Call in show. Have you heard of Tyler? I know many of you know several Tylers, but Tyler that called into the Clemson call in show that caused Dabo Swinney to go five minute rant, rage, if you will, uh, cussing and going on uh, about Clemson football. So we want to talk a little bit about that because 
Uh, that's a big story uh, around here. I think around the country, everybody's kind of talking about how Dabo just went off on this kid, Tyler, who asked some questions about his program, about his pay, and other things. So we'll get into some of that. Uh, we can talk some pro ball. We can talk whatever you want here in the next uh, hour or so right here on the Tide 100.9. Let's head to Tuscaloosa with Christian Miller, the co-host of this show, two-time national champion, and Justin Jones, and I'm sure Noah is somewhere behind the glass as well. Guys, it's a talking Tuesday, but, man, a lot of fireworks here in South Carolina, I can tell you that. Yeah, I saw I saw that uh, clip of Dabo, man, but I <sighs> – I don't know. To, to an extent, I kind of I feel him. I understand him because, you know, as a coach, um, you know, he's got a lot of responsibility. And obviously, when things are going well, he's, he's going he's gonna to get a lot of praise. And when things are going bad, he's going to get a lot of criticism. Um, but look, he's got a point, right? I mean, before he came in and won those national champions, not just when the champ, excuse me, national championships, not just one, but two of them. Right. I mean, Clemson had been irrelevant for over 30 years. Right, they they hadn't really done anything, and so I say this. And I'm not comparing Clemson to Alabama, but you know when he talks about appreciation versus expectations, he's right. That that is a real thing for schools that have garnered so much success, a la Alabama. Right? I mean, you look at it with us last season. We lost two games, two really close games at the last second. Could have could have ultimately gone the other way. You know, didn't make the playoffs. But then look what happened. I mean, it was like the sky was falling. You know, people are wondering if Coach Saban's done. I mean, even coming into this year, it, it, it lingered into this season, right? People completely riding Alabama off. I mean, so that, that's part of it. So I guess he's got to expect that. But again, I mean, that is it's much different. Losing two games last season is much different than being four and four, I think they are right now uh, at this point in the season. But but he's right, though. I mean, if, if it's so easy, then why don't these people can come apply for the job. I've, I've heard Coach Saban say that before, I think. Right, I mean, it's I don't know, but we can we can definitely listen. To that that was that was interesting, but it, it definitely good job for Tyler for for getting that out of Dabo. I mean, that definitely <laughs> definitely got him to uh, you know get out of that the typical coaching responses. Right, that was very very authentic and from the heart from Dabo. But I don't know. I mean, what do you, what are your thoughts? I mean, do you agree with Dabo and kind of what he was saying? I, I, look, and I know you can't stand Clemson, but take a step back from that perspective. And just, I mean, do you agree with him in terms of how, how he basically just said, like, look, like, yeah, we're struggling right now, and that's on me. But also, look at the things that we've done. We, we, we've won two national championships in seven years, right? Not many people can say that. The only other people that can really say that right now is Alabama and Georgia. So he's got a point. And I hate to agree with, with Dabo and Clemson, right? Uh, but, I mean, he's got a point, though. I mean, what are your thoughts on it? Well, by the way, I did record a little video for our Mills as extra to be posted on YouTube. I just got to figure out how to get it over to you. Uh, because you know me, I was right all on that thing. I was on it. <laughs> so listen, man. I'm, I'm sure. And this is not about Clemson hate. I, I, I mean, I, I don't like Clemson at all. We know that. Just uh, for the record, everybody knows that. It's not a shock. I'm a gamecock. You know, it's like Auburn, Alabama. But I try to be a realist when it comes to things like this. I try to take that out of the equation and just be honest with you. And here's my honest opinion, Christian. I can tell you what Tyler said, I've been saying for a long time. I agree with both. I think there's points on both sides. Dabo Swinney makes 
I think he's the second highest paid coach behind Nick Saban. Okay, just forget that for a moment. But we live in a world where you make all of this money. People are going to look at things differently. I can give Dabo Swinney a lot of credit based on what he did. Coming in, I was calling and working in radio in Charlotte with Mark Packer. We were at Wake Forest doing a live remote. And it was a game. Tommy Bowden was the head coach. It will be the last game Tommy Bowden will coach for Clemson. They lost to Wake Forest at Wake Forest that night. It was a night game. I'll never forget it. Dabo Swinney becomes an interim coach, and he beat South Carolina that year, which, you know, when you talk about rivalries, he goes a long way. He gets to the top, and Clemson has always been solid. I go back to Danny Ford, who, who you know, that those teams back in the day whom I played against, very good teams, but they weren't like a national. They won a national championship but in 81. But after that, it was 35 years. 35 years, some similar to what Georgia went through. Right, 30-something years, and then they won two national championships and looking to try to get a third. But when you make $11 million, when people are spending tons of money in your program, giving, NIL now or, or uh, IPTE, uh, I pay $10 a year. That's where that, where that came from. Um, people are going to question they are four and four. They haven't looked good. They have been recruiting well. If you go by the rankings, if you believe all of that, they should be a much better football team. In the last couple of years, they have found out what it is like losing quality coaches. They lost Brent Venables. He moved on to Oklahoma. They lost Tony Elliott. He became the head coach at Virginia. They lost Jeff Scott, who was at a head coach at South Florida before he was fired. They've gone through a couple of another coordinators, right? They had turnover there. That's what happens when you become a very good program. And they haven't handled that situation well. It is not just this year. This has been going on the last couple of years, since 2018, the last national championship where they beat Alabama out in California, your senior year. Okay. This hasn't been the same team. Now, he pounds his chest. He gives you all the consecutive years of 10, 11 wins, and we're only behind Alabama and Georgia. He tells you about how many players in the NFL. tells you about the graduation rate. Nobody cares. What have you done for me lately, Janet Jackson? Well, lately, Clemson, going back to last year, or the last, I don't know, 14, 15 games, they are a 500 football team. Okay? They won the ACC last year. And then they go to the Orange Bowl, and Tennessee, without several of their big-time players, they got smoked. The last time they played in the National Championship game against LSU, they got smoked. Ohio State beat them. I mean, the last big games they played in, they weren't even competitive. Competitive. And so, if you're tired of you looking at, okay, what's going on? We're getting these big-time recruits. We're getting Peter Wood from Alabama. We're getting these guys, but we look like terrible on the field. 
But Dabo, who's positive and always glasses half full, is always a sunny and a beautiful blue sky. But yet the results are totally different. I mean, you go to Duke. You go to Duke, a basketball school. And it looks as if Duke has more talent and speed than you do. We know Dabo doesn't like the transfer portal. Okay? So all of this stuff is piling up. You can tell me all the things that he said is right. The wins and, you know, he went to Alabama as a walk-on, led her three years, got a scholarship. He was a real estate agent, wanted to coach. He started at the bottom. Now he's here. He went to zero to 100 real quick. You know, he climbed that pole. He won a national champion, a couple of national champions. All those things are true. But when you're making $11 million, don't tell me what you did yesterday. Don't tell me what you did five years ago. They want to know what are we doing now? What is the trajectory going forward? And if you watch Clemson football, which I do because I covered them, it hasn't been pretty. It hasn't looked like anything to what Clemson football used to look like. And I have been saying this. I went on TV and I'm going to pull my receipts. I told my cohort, Patrick Sapp, who played at Clemson, played in the league, some plays on the team right now. I said this team will lose four or more games. Well, I've already won that. They got Notre Dame. It's probably going to be another one. I think they'll lose a couple of more games. I think this will be the worst season Dabo Sweeney has ever had. But yet he said this is one of the best teams. He, he even compared hit this team to his national championship team. Okay, when you say those types of things and you get tell your fan base all of these things, but yet the results are not that, there's blowback. Now, you can get mad at this young man or old man because he said he served in the military, so I'm assuming he's probably in his 20s, maybe 30. Tyler, you get mad at him and start cussing and start saying, this is the problem, you guys like you, Tyler. And No, 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 no. The problem is you. The problem is you haven't put the product on the field in the last year and a half, two, three years. And you've been paid to do that. So I agree He's done a heck of a job turning this program around. And people wanted to compare Dabo Sweeney and Clemson to Alabama. And I've been telling them this for years. You are not even close. Alabama lost two games, and, and the people of Alabama goes crazy. I mean, and they're right, should have won those games. And people are saying the dynasty's over. They lost to Texas, and oh, my God, what's happening? The dynasty's over. Alabama's down year doesn't look like what Clemson is doing. Nick Saban is not 500 in his last 15 games, 14 games. They still one of the top programs in America. So, Christian, I know you, you, you listen, fans going to be fans, right? They're fanatical. They're, but Tyler is not really wrong. And then he, what really got Dabo is when he pulled his and there's a scripture in Proverbs that states, "Pride comes before a fall. And if you don't think Davos 20 has been operating 
with a sense of pride. You haven't watched his press conferences. You haven't seen what he's been doing. He's been bringing in friends and, and recruits of friends, you know, their sons. And look at this team. Look at this team. And I, and I can tell you, Christian, that a lot of former players, a lot of people are mad what he's doing. And now they're starting to call him out. Because Dabo has been operating with a lot of pride. And one of the, the big pride factors are he won't touch the transfer portal. Now the team in his conference, Florida State, 15 of the 22 starters are from the transfer portal. And they're kicking butts and they're taking names. They're going to be in the top four when it's revealed tonight. So you can be mad at Tyler all you want to. But listen, and tell him you don't have to be a fan and saying things. If you don't like what I'm doing, then I can leave. That's pride. He should have, whoever written the, the phone calls, should have cut the man off. I blame them. <laughs> they should have just cut him off before he, and let him go way deep with this thing. That's my thoughts on it, and, and that's my rant on it. And you're going to find more of that on a Miller's Edge X when I get to Christian Composer. But Christian, you can't be mad at the man for asking real questions. Because no, the facts I mean, are the facts. True, but the facts also are his resume does show a lot of success in the past several years. And you and I both know, I mean, you're compensated on, on what your resume shows. I get that they might not be doing great now, um, but I, I don't know. I just feel like people are just always so quick to just write people off. And that, I agree. I don't, I don't think he wrote him off. He didn't write him off. He just said, hey, well, no, what I you mean, doing? I mean, but I'm just saying, what are you like, doing? you're getting paid all this money to go for and for, and just, you know, disregarding all the things that he's done. It's not like they just paid this guy all this money. He hasn't had success. That's all I'm saying. And I guess I feel the way that I feel about it just because I know being a you know former player at Alabama and hearing some of the things that fans have said when we lose one game or, did they, or last year two games, right, just the overreaction. That's all I'm saying. Again, there is a totally different situation, but I guess that's why I kind of lean a little bit, you know, I wouldn't say towards Dabba, but I understand where he's coming from. That's all I'm saying. But, no, I, I knew you'd have a lot to say about it, and I thought that was all really good stuff. I mean, listen, it's – and that's no hate, but I've been saying this thing for a while. But people don't want to hear it. But people don't want to hear it because they think, hey, we show up and win ball game. Now, uh, you're not Alabama. You're not Nick Saban. So my question is today, 205 Top fan, you still want Dabo? You think Dabo's the guy to replace Nick Saban when he's done? By the way, happy birthday to your coach, Christian, Nick Saban, 72. So we'll, right. we'll talk more about it. They'll get to the game, big game, LSU, Alabama. But we'll play some of that sign when we come back. I don't want to play the whole thing, but, Justin, let's play some of it when we get back. Maybe we'll come around the break and let you hear some of what Dabo had to say to Tyler. And um, and then we'll get into this matchup. LSU, Alabama, at night, game day, big game, game of the year, in my opinion, in T-Town. We're sponsored by good friends at the Good Feet Store, America's art sport experts. We'll come back. Your calls, Dabo Schwinney's rant. Your thoughts on LSU Alabama. We got a lot to get into in a short time. I'm ready to rock and roll. I'm hyped up. I am ready to go. See, that's, that's a Paisley slang, ready to go. We'll be back in just a moment, right on the middle of the edge, just the time. 100.9, 12.30 a.m. WTBC, the home of Alabama sports. Back in a moment. Hey, this is Reagan, owner of RR. 
our home base in Birmingham, Alabama. We are here treating patients from every generation across the United States and from around the world. We're here for the rookies and the dreamers trying to make a name for themselves. We are here for the achievers who are resilient and won't take no for an answer. We're here for the coaches, athletic trainers, and mentors who are shaping the next generation of legends. We are here for you, aggressively pursuing victory over injury. Learn more at andrewsportsmedicine.com. This is Christian Miller, and I want to tell you about my good friends over at Spine and Sport Chiropractic. Spine and Sport Chiropractic provides quality chiropractic services for chronic conditions, injuries, sports-related trauma, and more right here in the heart of West Alabama. Come and discover how this form of medicine can improve your overall health by addressing the original cause of your ailments instead of masking your pain. If you're in need of this type of relief, contact Dr. Brian McDonald and his team at 205-345-8102. Again, that's 205-345-8102. Go inside the Alabama Crimson Tide with the Gary Harris Show. Hey, everybody. It's Gary Harris coming up on Wednesday morning's Gary Harris Show at 9 a.m. on Tide 100.9 FM and 1230 AM WTBC. Matt Coulter will join me, and I'll get to brag about how I picked Ryan Blaney to win at Martinsville, and he did as we go into the NASCAR season finale at Phoenix. Also, a preview, Bama LSU will continue to dive into this huge SEC game coming up on Saturday night at Bryant-Denny Stadium. Talk to you on Wednesday morning at 9 a.m. Catch the Gary Harris Show Monday through Friday, 9 to 11 a.m. on Tide 100.9 and Tide100.9.com. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. Mostly sunny, cool, and breezy this afternoon, the high 57. Tonight, a freeze warning in effect. The sky clear, the low 31. And for tomorrow and Thursday, sunny both days, the high tomorrow 53. Warmer Thursday, the high 61. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 52 degrees in Tuscaloosa. I got this job, and I'm sure you didn't want me to get this job, all right? And 15 years later, I'm still here, and I'd say the results are what they are, and I stand on them. So you don't ever have to call back. I I, I wanted to get married. I've been married for going on 30 years. I wanted to be a father. I've raised three great sons. If you don't like how I run the program, don't be a fan. I don't care. But I'm the head coach, and I'm going to do what I believe is right for the long term of this program, what's best for the players, and what I think is best for the moment. If you got a problem with that, that's fine. But you're not, I'm not going to sit here and let you call. I don't give a crap how much money I make. You ain't going to talk to me like I'm, like I'm 12 years old. You'd be freaking kidding me. <laughs> There's Dabo Swinney. Some of his comments, of course, uh, you can get that on the Tide 100.9 app if you haven't heard. It's about five minutes long, and I think they also have uh, Tyler asking him the questions, talking about his money, talking about his uh, his pride, quoting Bible scriptures and all of that. But it is what it is. Uh, Dabo got very angry. Um, I thought too much. I thought it was too much, in my opinion. A lot of things he said, correct, I agree with him. His history, what he's accomplished, the program, uh, I still think the program is on, on good footing. But the reality is, it doesn't look good right now. 205-342-9904. Corey Miller, the pastor of Payne, alongside Christian Miller and Tuscaloosa, Justin Jones. Noah, um, 
Christian, any final thoughts before we get in Alabama and take some phone calls? Okay, I might have lost Christian. All right, let's go to the phones. 205-342-9904. Don't forget, you can ask questions on the app as well. Let's go to Pat in Tuscaloosa. Pat, how are you? Good morning, man. Uh, first, I want to touch just a second on Dabo. Uh, Dabo needs to read a little more of that Bible. It says, judge you not, lest you be judged. However, something about being prideful. And uh, he's kind of thinking that he can do it without adapting. Coach Saban adapts. Uh, whenever we needed to go to a, a, a more of a hurry-up type thing, he adapted. Whenever we needed to slow it down, he adapted. Uh, whenever we needed a better, a faster, quicker linebackers from the big guys like Hightower, he adapted. And unless Dabo's willing to adapt, he's going to be like a dinosaur. Mm-hmm. So they gone too. And, uh, I mean, that's just, that's just the way it is. But, uh, this day of, uh, NIL, hey, you got to realize these kids want to, uh, follow the recruiting process. He's got to let these kids be willing to go to other schools once they, uh, you know, cause it's not, yeah, he, it would be nice. I would love to be able to teach them, teach everybody a lesson that they need to learn about work and environment. But, hey, whenever they want to go visit, he's got to let them visit. Without repercussions. And unless he's willing to do that, he's done. What do you think? No, Pat, you are 150% right. Uh, the ad- adaptation of, of changing, uh, I mean, adapting the way college football has, has changed is crucial. Um, you know, he's getting a lot of heat about the transfer portal. He believes, hey, I can recruit my kids, the type of kids I want. He talks about the character that he wants. We get all of that. But at the same time, if you're lacking in an area, like right now, you know, the Mike Williams, the Hopkins, the Hopkins guys like that, the Justin Ross, they don't have those kind of guys at receiver anymore. They don't have the D linemen that they had in the past when they were able to compete with Alabama and win those games. They don't have those dudes anymore. And if you're missing, you got to go to the portal. I mean, it's very obvious when you look at Florida State, who used to own the excuse me, the ACC, and then all of a sudden Clemson took over, right? And then Florida State said, "Hey, we got an opportunity now. The Bruce can get give me some dudes in here, dudes that are veteran type dudes, and we can build our team and turn it around fast." Well, they've done that. Fifteen out of twenty-two starters are from the transfer portal, and they're probably going to run away with the ACC and maybe get into the college football playoffs. So if you're a Clemson fan, you're going, Dabba, what are you doing? You know, we dominated this team for for the last decade, but now we can't beat them. Now they're in front of us that quickly. So, yeah, Nick Saban, you were right. Nick Saban did that. Texas A&M, Johnny Manziel ran through Alabama's defense, right? Nick Saban said, hey, we got to get faster. We got to get longer. We got to do some things differently. We can't have big, slow-footed linebackers. So what do they do? They go get Terrell. They go get Christian Miller. They go get Anthony Jennings. They go get guys that are quick twitch guys on the outside that can rush the pass because they play in space. They changed. He may didn't want to change, but he had to change if he wanted to continue to compete. And that's the difference. That's where pride sets in. Dabo has a lot of and believe in that. Hey, I don't have to change, but I think now he better look at it because he won't be clumps along if he keeps us up. Exactly, and he won't go anywhere else either because hey, you got to produce 
but uh, you know, it's just like getting a, a tickets to the Alabama football game. I got four season tickets, but it's what have you done? It ain't for what have you sent me in the past in money. It's what have you done for me lately in order to get those ticket upgrades? And uh, <laughs> and that's exactly right. But people don't understand. And but what I wanted to talk to you because you guys are the Miller's Edge. What are we gonna do to stop that? Who I think is probably gonna be a top five, definitely a top ten uh, NFL pick. Oh, at linebackers there at LSU. What is we got? What are we going to do to help poor old number seventy four stop him? We've got to get somebody over to help him stop him because he'll be around that guy. He'll be around oh our poor old slow up. And I say slow because you know theoretically all them people from up north are slow. All the fast (laughs) folks are down south. Why that is I don't know, but it's just a fact. It just means more down here. But look, what are we going to do? You guys are the edge uh, edge, and 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 know know what the guys got to do to stop you. What do we got to do to slow him down so that poor Jalen can have time to throw the ball? Good, great question again. I think, and I appreciate your phone call. I think right now, if you don't put a tight end over there to chip, if you don't use a back over there to chip, offset back uh, to Kane Proctor's side, you're going to have a problem. You cannot let one guy disrupt your offense, the timing of your offense. You've got to understand that Kane Proctor's a freshman. He struggled all year. He probably will continue to struggle. He's gotten a little bit better. But to me, you know, put a, a tight end. It's very, it's very easy, right? You do that or you call plays away from him, meaning roll away from Caden Proctor. Get Miro out in space, give him a run pass option and, and, and run him away from the pressure because you know you're going to get quick pressure on Proctor's side. There's so many things that they can do to help this young man have pass protect. If they don't, again, you're talking about insanity. If you continue to do the same things over and over and over again, expecting a different result, that's insanity. And, and to me, Tommy Reese, with his play caller, at times, it looks like insanity. It's like this guy hasn't done it all year. What makes you think it's going to change right now? I believe he's going to be a phenomenal football player, but not right now. He's not there yet. So, therefore, you help him. So, I, that's going to be a key for me in this ball game because I think LSU's defense is not really good. They're 84th and stopping the run. We should be able to run the football. But when we decide to pass it, we have to help them chip back and or tight end or close it. Close that side, meaning tight end on the line of scrimmage, make it difficult for him to rush the passer and give Jalen Miro some time. If they do that, there's no reason why this offense cannot be successful against LSU's defense. 205-342-9904. Let's go back out to the phone line. Deacon. In Tuscaloosa. Welcome, brother. Do we have the deacon? Deacon, are you there? We might have lost him. We can uh, get him to circle back. If if you want to call back, Deacon, call back. But just adding on real quick to what you're saying to, to Pat's point about, I'm assuming he meant Harold Perkins, and that's a LSU star linebacker, sophomore now, a guy that had seven and a half sacks as a freshman. I think he had like a three or four sack game against Arkansas. Uh, last season, but you know, yeah, very talented guy. Right now, he's got 39 total tackles, uh, three sacks on the year, two forced fumbles, and an interception. They've been playing him off the ball a lot more. Last year, he was used really kind of as an edge guy and, and a spy. That's where a lot of his plays were picked up because he's just so athletic. Uh, he's not the biggest guy, six one, two twenty. That's what he's listed at. Uh, but he's a phenomenal athlete. 
But you're right, Pat. Um, you know, that's going to be a guy that they're going to try to, to get him on those one-on-one, one-on-ones with Caden Proctor, if I had to guess. Uh, we saw just how speed and athleticism uh, can really, you know, affect and disrupt Caden Proctor and, and cause him some issues. We saw against, uh, was it South Florida, whoever we played early on, can you remember right now? Uh, we just saw how, I mean, they had a nickel, you know, rushing off the edge. They, they put a, uh, basically a nickel corner to come off the edge just because of his speed. Caden Proctor had a hard time stopping it. Now, we did see against Tennessee, if you go back and watch that game, they did implement some chips. They put the tight end over on Proctor's side to chip as, as uh, Oots or whoever it was got out in their in their uh, route, right? Or you can put a running back. Uh, like my dad said, it's, it's something that's so simple. You know, whether the tight end's on the ball, off the ball, the running back is just to that side, right? I mean, it's as simple as just running and throwing a shoulder. I mean, that little bit uh, creates such a huge um, benefit to a guy like Caden Proctor. So I think you have to do that. But if I had to guess, LSU probably will definitely try to line Perkins up on Proctor, try to create that mismatch, or they'll utilize him as a spy. That way if Milro tries to get out and uh, escape the pocket. So that's going to be a big matchup. And that's exactly what I mentioned yesterday when I said that. That's what I'm going to be looking for. But like my dad said, you can't let one guy dictate, uh, you know, the tempo or control the whole game. And so I, I think you definitely want to uh, be aware of that guy, Harold Perkins, and his athleticism and his playmaking ability, but you don't want to put everything in one basket and, and you know, really just only pay attention to him because I, I think you still have to play your game. You still got to run the ball effectively. You still got to win the line of scrimmage. If you want to put a guy over there, not if you want, you know, you put a guy over there to chip to get that support for Caden Proctor. But other than that, um, like my dad said, you can roll out away. But other than that, you just got to play your game. You got to dominate yeah. the line of scrimmage. You got to get the running game going. Create a, create that play action mm-hmm. pass. Take those shots when they're there. And everything will take care of itself. But, you know, you, you got to help a guy like Proctor out, especially in a game like this. I think that's going to be huge. If you get, if you, if you have, you know, pressure in Milrow's face all game, he can't do anything. He's not a clean pocket. I mean, we're going to be in trouble. We're going to be behind the sticks, going to have negative plays. And that's not the type of game that you want to play. You want to be able to control the tempo, run the football, keep the ball out of their hands and just, you know, really move the ball effectively. You don't, you don't have to take all those big explosive plays, uh, shot after shot. You don't have to do that. You know, this team is built more so to control the game, run the football, you know, at will, and then take those shots. So as long as they do that, I think they'll be in good shape. A lot of great matchups to look at in this uh, game coming up in Tuscaloosa on Saturday. And, you know, we talked about the running game. I think this is an opportunity. Alabama, big physical offensive line, uh, the line kind of that we expected to dominate uh, at the beginning of the year. Haven't done that so much. We've seen you know, periods of it or seasons of it, so to speak, uh, at times where they were able to run the football, control the I think that's going to be a key factor in this ball game. If you heard us on yesterday, uh, a little bit on Friday, we talked about, you know, ball control, muddying up the game, make it ugly. You know, this is a game that the big uglies of Alabama, the big butts, as I call them, you know what, you got to dominate. This is your game because with the backs that Alabama has, if they can run the football very effectively, they should win this game because that's going to open up play action passes and Jalen Miro's able to throw the ball deep. That's what he does best. And I think those wide receivers could have a big day as well against the secondary of LSU. We'll take another time out, step away for a moment. When we come back, we'll talk more about this matchup. Also, the reveal. The first reveal of the college football playoffs happens tonight. Where will Alabama fall? We'll tell you what we think will be the top four, and we'll tell you where we think Alabama will fall in the college football playoffs reveal. It's the Miller's Edge. We're on the tide. 1.9 is the home of Alabama. Sports also 1230 a.m. 
WTBC. Quick break. More your calls and more of the edge on the flip. Back in a moment. For championships. Throws intercepted Alabama. Built by Bama. Alabama is still Alabama. The Crimson Tide play here. Join us Saturday as the Crimson Tide take on LSU at Bryant Denny Stadium. Our coverage begins at 3:30 on your home for Alabama football. Brought to you by Birmingham Racecourse. BirminghamRacecourse.com. You can be a winner too. Ha! This is Miller's Edge on Tide 100.9. And welcome back to the Miller's Edge on the Tide 100.9, a.m. WTBC. Corey Miller, the pastor of pain. Christian Miller and the one and only Justin Jones with some great uh, Halloween bumper music. I'm not a Halloween. I, I'm not a Halloween guy. Um, really? I, no, I used to take. I, I used to go with y'all and take y'all beaten and. Uh, it was like I did it for you all, and I'll probably eat most of your candy. But, <laughs> but I, I'm not. Is it because you feel like it conflicts with like you know the whole you know Christianity pastor thing? Is that what? Because yep. I hear a lot of people. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I, I mean, don't. I don't. Just can't look into. I mean, you don't have to take it so deep. I mean, you know what I mean? Like I just. I like. Yeah, but people like are crazy. It's like the first. It's like the first fall kind of holiday, in my opinion. Unless I'm skipping one, but I, I just kind of like you know carving pumpkins. Right, and my mom would always roast the seeds from the inside in the yeah. oven afterwards. Um, Pumpkin seeds are good, right? I think it, yeah, they are good. They're healthy for you. Then always, you know, as a kid, I used to like the different costumes. I haven't dressed up in years, but I think it's cool also seeing people get creative as well. I like seeing like the decorations in people's yards or just seeing like, I like kids with different costumes, like because I mean they're starting to get creative now. They got a bunch of costumes that look. Like, uh, I don't know how if I can explain this, but it looks like you're being carried. Like, it might be like an alien is abducting you. It looks like you're being carried by an alien. They do it. You know, you like, you step into the suit, but the way it looks, it looks like your legs are dangling in front of you. People probably know what I'm talking about, but I, I like the creativity. I think it's cool. Well, I don't. And <laughs> <laughs> I think it's, um, I get it. You know, churches have what they call trunk or treat. You know, a lot of churches will have the kids come to church and they do a little candy thing and allow them to dress up. But, but you know, I mean, we're living in a world where people are just crazy. I would not trust if you guys were kids this time. I wouldn't want you to go because I don't trust people. I mean, there's so much evil stuff. That's not, that's just uh, I can't roll with that. Uh, and I would have a hard time allowing my kids to go to a stranger's house and take something from them. I just think so much evil. Some people are crazy. Trust that. I just, um, I'm not get. if you want to do that with your kid, that's, that's you. Uh, do, do what you feel best. But for me, 
Uh, I don't celebrate it. I turn the lights out of the house. I ain't got no candy for you. I ain't got nothing. I uh, got nothing but a, a God bless you. Uh, <laughs> so I give you that. Um, but I, we don't do any of that. We don't put candy no, out. Man. I am fun. I'm a lot of fun. for the kids, man. I mean, nope. you don't have to necessarily. I, I get if it conflicts with, you know, your beliefs. But put some candy out for the kids at least, man. I mean, those Listen, kids are just dressing up and going to get candy. I, I get it. I give them candy at the church. The church does it. Go to trunk or treat. Go to your church. Yeah, that's fair. And do your thing there. I'm just saying, and I'll be happy to donate and, and do that. But I just, uh, uh, and I did it this today. I went to Starbucks and, and, uh, I, you know, the tip, I, everybody that was working behind the, the, doing the barista thing, I, I gave them five, gave them each five bucks for a tip. And, and, uh, it wasn't a trick. It was a, I believe a blessing with the treat and just thank them for, for doing what they do. So that's kind of how I did it, but that's just my own personal, uh, uh, beliefs. But I, I don't get it. Like at your house, I mean, going out to my car at night and looking at your neighbors, you freaks me out. I mean, it's like, I go out and plead the blood of Jesus. I go to my car, plead the blood of Jesus. You got like 30 she, witches she, in the she's yard. Very, she's, she's very sweet. She just loves Halloween. She actually is a big listener of the show. So, but it freaks me out. It freaks me out. It's a little scary. It, it does not freak me out. I, I think it's interesting. I, I like the Halloween spirit. She actually added like a big inflatable this morning, too. Oh, like Lord. A big black cat. Will it, <laughs> so, will it be down? Will yeah, it be so, down on Thursday when I get there? Will they take it down after? I imagine after? so. I mean, I'd imagine so. I mean, because right. don't people start getting ready for Christmas next, right? Thanksgiving. I mean, well, I guess uh, I, I know you got Thanksgiving, but I, I know some people that start getting you know like Christmas decorations up as soon as possible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm about that. I'm about that holiday. You know that. I'm about I, that. I know you are. I know. Uh, two, <laughs> two, five, three, four, two, nine, nine. All right, here we go. Digressing a little. Wait, one second, Corey. So. You're not about going to strangers' houses, but you're down with Santa coming into your house? No, I, I, don't. <laughs> I don't do it. See, I don't know who's listening. I already might have offended Christian neighbor. I'm sorry. I don't. I just, this is my own personal no, thing. No, but listen, here's the thing. I don't like the whole Santa Claus thing either because I don't think that's what Christmas is about. Christmas is about, you know what it's about. It's about Jesus. And so... That's what I celebrate. I don't, uh, we get together with family and, and love on family and that type of thing. I, I'm not so big in exchanging the gifts either because I like to focus on the gift, the greatest gift that we all have gotten. That's the but, birth of but Jesus. Could you, could you not do both though? Only no, no, we do it. We do it. I'm, I'm with you. I'm with you a hundred percent in terms of, you know, the real reason behind Christmas. But I mean, like I just think back as a kid, man, and like when I did believe in Santa and, like just you know how excited I was, you know to to have you know Santa come in. We used to lay cookies out and stuff. Maybe I'm just trying to hold on to that that inner kid, <laughs> and I think that and that's okay. That's no, okay. So but far, I'm just like, oh man, like I think for the kids, man, I think if you start taking all that stuff away, man. Then it, I don't know. I think I just I know how influential that was for me growing up and how excited I was as a kid. I don't uh, want to be that guy that's like, oh, no. I'm know, not the Scrooge. Not I'm not the Scrooge, man. okay? Yeah, I, I'm just saying. Grinch, man. Don't be a, a Grinch or whatever they call it. I mean, the thing is, me and Mom, I mean, that was fun, like, you know, putting bikes together and doing stuff to see y'all. But y'all yeah. tell you go to sleep, and then y'all be wouldn't go to sleep because you're hard-headed. And then, you know, uh, that was that was a beautiful thing. I ain't going to lie. That was beautiful. And I used to look forward to my trains and my little train track and my little... 
speaker box with the eight track in the side. <laughs> Listen, I remember getting a little boom box and, and, and you know with the one speaker and then you put the eight track in the side. That's how old I am. So no, I'm just saying, but I don't want people to lose the focus. I don't want people to forget about you know. That's like uh, the guess is good. But I want people to be reminded when it comes to Christmas of the giver of the gifts. You know, people get so so much into the gifts and the gift giving, you know, and, and forget about the one really the true giver of the gifts. So that's kind of me as a preacher, as a Christian, as a man of God. That's that's just how I think. But not want to take away from anybody else. But I want to tell you this: what, what what I think and feel is right. But that's do what you do, and uh, the Lord bless you whatever you choose. Speaking of the college football reveal, Christian, my top four. And I think it's going to be this way tonight. Georgia will be so how they dominated Florida in the biggest, as they call it, cocktail party. Uh, they dominated Florida. They look good running the football, throwing the football. Um, I think they'll be number one. Michigan's going to be number two, although Michigan has not played anybody. I still, the bounty is out. The jury's out, I should say, on Michigan. But they'll be number two. Ohio State will be number three. Um, I still think they, I'm not sold. Uh, and I think Florida State's going to be four, and I don't think they're a great team. Um, Alabama intrigues me. You look at one lost teams, Oregon, Alabama, teams like that. Uh, probably missing somebody. You know, Texas. You know, where Oklahoma? Uh, that's going to be the next next four. You know, where would they land? Uh, and so, I think right now this year is going to be really, really crazy because I think Oklahoma and Texas probably play each other again. Uh, Oregon got some tough games left. Um, FSU, I ain't got too many. Florida, that's about it, maybe. Um, Michigan going to have to play Ohio State, and I think they play Penn State, too. Um, so we'll see, but I, I, that's my top four. Who you got? You know what's funny? I'm looking at CBS Sports. Uh, there's a, you know, uh, what do you call it, uh, an article right now. Obviously, this is opinion-based. But this guy actually has uh, Ohio State 1, Michigan 2, Florida State 3, Washington 4, and Georgia 5. Um, Who's that, Barrett Sillies? <laughs> that no, sounds like something he would say. It was written by a guy named Jerry Palm. Yeah, yeah Jerry Palm. Yeah. Jerry Palm. Um, he has Georgia he at 5? He has Georgia at 5, then Alabama at 7. Um well, at least on the article, he had him at seven right here showing. As he's speaking on the video, it's saying nine. I don't know. Uh, but anyway, if it was me personally, uh, I definitely would have Georgia, Michigan, uh, Florida State, and four. Uh, I mean, that's tough. You got to go yeah, Ohio I, State. I, yeah, I guess Ohio They're undefeated. Yeah. They had lost. Yeah, they beat, they beat know, Notre Dame. I just, and... I'm just not very – I just haven't been very impressed with them, if I'm being honest. They beat oh, – they beat Ohio – I mean, excuse me, they beat – uh, Penn State, and they beat Notre Dame, which are two good wins. It wasn't pretty, but they were two good wins. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, I still, I think Michigan's going to beat them, though. I, I do, too. Michigan will beat Ohio State. But, again, that's a week-by-week deal. Then they tear it so, up. So, so the thing is, basically, and we all know this, Alabama just needs to win out. You don't need to question what other people are doing. You don't need to worry about who's beating who, who has left. On, who has who left on their schedule? They just need to win out. You know, if you if you went out, you beat Georgia and Atlanta, then you're you're in there, right? Whether you're four, three, or two, wherever you're at, you're in there. Uh, but yeah, you know, I think Michigan, Ohio State, obviously they're going to get one of each. You know, get somebody out. Florida State, I think, is going to end up making it. And then, yeah, I guess you got Oregon. Dang, wait, Oregon still got wait, Washington. Hold on, wait, hold on. So 
Yeah, yeah. So then you'd have, yeah. So I think you got the winner of the SEC. I guess, you know, Oregon wins a Pac-12. You got them, ACC champion in the Big uh, Big Ten. I mean, is that how you... But ACC, is weak, but ACC is so weak, so Florida State can't lose a game. If they lose one right, game, they're but done. I'm saying if, if yeah. they, but I'm saying if they went out, you got down. You, don't you agree with that? You'd have the, the SEC champion. You've got the ACC champion if Florida State wins out. Then you've got the Big Ten champion, and then I guess Pac-12 if, if Oregon uh, wins out, right? I mean, I guess it's Pac-12, Oklahoma. I, I don't know. That's what I'm saying. It gets confusing. You watch a lot more than I do. But well, it's going to be crazy out here. It is going to be crazy, but I, I think that's what makes it exciting. This year has been very exciting because it's kind of you know up for grabs. But real quick before we get out of here, I want to remind everybody about our good friends over at Alumni Hall. Remember that fall weather's coming in. Go and get your jackets, your hoodies, your sweaters, anything you can think of Alabama-related. They've got the latest and greatest officially licensed Alabama gear right there at Alumni Hall in Midtown Village. So go check them out. Go get those hats. They've got the hat wall. They've got Yeti products, Peter Millar. You name it. Alabama, go get it at Alumni Hall in Midtown Village or go to alumnihall.com for the ultimate Crimson Tide fan shop. And also, while you're there, head on over to Buffalo's Cafe again. Buffalo's Cafe, weekday lunch specials, $9.99. That includes the drink. You can always go and check them out on Wednesdays for Bash Night. All you can eat wings for $17.99. You can't beat these deals, folks. And again, we'll, uh, we'll be live there Friday of every home game weekend. So we've got this weekend LSU, then we got one more after that, Chattanooga. So make sure you head on over to Buffalo's Cafe on Friday as well, where we will be there live recording our show, The Miller's Edge, there. Uh, but it's been a good one. Make sure you check us out on YouTube. I don't know why, Justin. Why Justin playing this scary music? I, I mean, what do you? Because that's the Halloween spirit. I'm I not letting Justin. you ruin Keep my vibes, Corey. I'm, I'm <laughs> going to Halloween. Don't let him ruin it. We can, we can still celebrate it. We understand. You know, we won't go too deep into it, but we're going to enjoy it and enjoy the music and everything that comes with it because that's that's what we like. He has his his his, his stuff. We have our stuff. But anyway, it's been a fun one, a fun Halloween edition. Can't wait till tomorrow. Right here on Tide 100.9, 1230 WTBC. Remember, we are presented by the Good Feet Store, America's art support experts. We'll see you guys tomorrow. Have a happy I'm, and safe Halloween. I'm calling on Jesus, Justin. Jesus! <laughs> Jesus! <laughs> <laughs>